Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Last April on the list in your boy. Should we invest $101 or $102, I see, just to refer to ourselves as owners of Aralucha? Go ahead and do it. That's if we... Go ahead and do it. Just (laughs) because I want to see. I want to (laughs) see. What are the investor perks? Until this thing shits the bed, which it will do. Aero Lucha with their uh, $11,000 in investment. When's the next shareholders meeting? We're going to lose that $102. We're going to start every Listen You Boy podcast saying that we are Aero Lucha partners. We're partners in Aero Lucha. Yeah. We will get more than $102 of podcast content out of it. Yes, we will. Walk away. Do not get Should- involved. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we are live. <laughs> What's up, you guys? And happy birthday to Tim Traver, one of our most loyal, fightful followers. I am here with... <laughs> El Hijo del Jimmy Van 2? What? I don't know. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? Did you get that from Aralucha? Yes, I did. Wow, it happened. Yeah, so I have... I'm going to take this off because I can't talk properly with this thing on, so I'm going to take it off. But I got the Aralucha mask in the mail right here. I got the Aralucha t-shirt 
featuring Rey Mysterio Jr., who's no longer with the company, <laughs> yeah. right there. And I asked Melissa to frame this. We got a card from Aralusha right here from uh, Jason Brown, the CEO of Co-Owner, with a bunch of bullshit about, you know, never stop fighting spirit, uh, please find your exclusive limited edition uh, Aralucha Investor t-shirt, a replica of the very first Aralucha mask, uh, blah, blah, bullshit, bullshit. And then you know what they did after that, Sean? <laughs> What's that? They sent out a company survey. They sent it out to investors. Oh yeah. Because they wanted to get, you know, feedback and, and, and the, the email when they had the link to the survey in it was about, we want to hear from you, the investors of Aralucha. And then what did those fuckers do? And you definitely don't I, do this when you're dealing with somebody in marketing, Sean. Yeah. They, they sent a company survey and the last three questions were about CBD oil. <laughs> well, they are in touch oil. with my needs. Right, right. So as soon as I saw that, because again, you know my background, as soon as I saw that, I knew damn well. They have an advertiser plugged into this fucking thing. They are into getting the market survey. into the survey. They're getting market research on behalf of the advertiser, and they had the gall to do that in a survey sent to in investors in Aralucha. It was the most pathetic, low rent thing that I think I've seen from a, from a wrestling company. But of course, of course they did, right? Of course they yeah. did, Sean. You know that their TV taping was scheduled for June of last year, Sean. Yeah, I do. June of last year. Because when I told Shane Helms like a year ago, we sarcastically invested in Aralucha. He said, I wish you would sarcastically run some goddamn shows then. Yeah, yeah. So so anybody that's a new listener, I think $240 was the minimum investment required to get the t-shirt and to get the mask. And at first, Sean and I were going to invest $100 just so that we could forever call ourselves investors in Aralucha. And when I saw 240 was a minimum, I was like, fuck it. This thing's not going to go anywhere, so I at least want a t-shirt and a mask. <laughs> so we invested that, and I have my Aralucha mask. I had to pull the string out because the thing wasn't big enough for my head. Oh, so, wow. What does so that say to, about you? Yep, I had to pull the string out here in order to get this thing to fit. But the t-shirts actually, like Melissa looked at this, and she's like, that's actually a pretty cool T-shirt, except yeah. it's got it's got a wrestler that's no longer involved with Lucha on the front of it. And, and now he's maybe years. <laughs> and yeah, now he's one of the best wrestlers in WWE. So the the value of that shirt has significantly increased. It's spiked up, and now that I've worn yeah. it, Sean. So now this is a podcast worn Lucha T-shirt. <laughs> I should put it on eBay. That's oh God! Do. So what's the quality of the shirt like? Decent. You saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually decent and and like again you can see the design on this thing like it's decent yeah uh, it's it, just funny it because look like a bad shirt no no it's all right they I don't know if Ray knows they're using his likeness uh, at this point but whatever so there it is I have one other thing I want to show you so this was given to me as a gift uh, I believe that his name in the chat is Black Ridge Wrestling. Great guy. Uh, um, yeah, and Melissa knows his real name. I, I know him as Black Ridge Wrestling. It's Martin. Martin He's the one who got us Martin. to 100. Okay, so he sent me this right here. It's uh, it's a long sleeve tee. Oh, wow. It's got my logo on the front there, and it says, uh, I am the van on the front. And then on the back it says, and don't you effing forget it, with the, with the Fightful logo right there. I thought it was clever. So, nah. Yeah, so thank you for that. He also sent me, a, he sent Melissa oh, wow. one. And he sent me another uh, short sleeve one, which I gave to my wife. So she's got that. <laughs> and I've got the 
I've got the long one. So thanks, man. You know, that, was, I, that was kind of you to, to consider us. I'm not big on mock shirts. Uh, I, I like some inspired shirts, but I was like, how do we not have a shirt that says The Van on it? Oh, like Becky Lynch's shirt. <laughs> Come on. That was one of the, the idea pitches I had. Oh, yeah? I'm trying to get Melissa to have a shirt designed to match literally a couple pairs of shoes I just bought. So You should get Melissa to do one of those mock mug shots t-shirts of herself that is a good idea yeah that is yeah. a good idea I, i'm okay with that yeah. i can think of at least like three it. guys in the chat that'll buy it yeah oh gosh yeah, yeah so. anytime it's on screen the, the funniest oh my gosh did you see the hilarious comment a couple weeks ago which one i had a saying that we relegated melissa to the top corner of the chat or the, oh, the really? show and like all kinds of crazy stuff. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, People yeah. saying that I like we were going too hard on her, and I'm like, you haven't been watching long, have you, mate? Like, <laughs> you're new to this show, huh? Uh-huh. One other piece of news we have to address, the uh, the winning song for the 200 gold on Fightful Select. So I did a series of polls on Twitter. We had, like, what, 10 songs, I think. I did a series yeah. of polls. I let the people choose, Sean, and the people chose Ass Man by Billy Gunn. Uh, so you and I, unfortunately, are going to do a duet of Ass Man uh, once we hit 200. And we're, like, on the cusp now, Sean. Oh, we're yeah. We're on the cusp very... of hitting that 200. Yeah, we're at 190 right now. We're so. close. So I, I was telling Nigel because Nigel's going to have to recreate the music for that because there's no instrumental that we could find. Oh, really? So I, I told Nigel, be ready. I, I'm estimating, like, end of month we're going to have to do that duet. So Well... I hope he loves to love, kick, shove, stick, and flaunt him. Yeah, yeah. If not, he will. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about King Kong Bundy. So uh, it was whoa, announced. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, you King got King Kong Bundy. Yeah. I thought he was King Kong Buddy. We're gonna get there. Oh, so we're covering him too. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. So it was announced uh, that Bundy passed away on March fourth at the age of sixty-one. Uh, haven't heard a cause of death yet. I talked to a couple people that knew him, and apparently he had been in not the greatest health for like the last 10 years, apparently. And apparently wow. he stopped doing independent bookings about uh, 12 years ago because of health issues. Uh, and he had cut down on his conventions as well because he had been active for many, many years on the indie circuit and the convention circuit, and apparently he had cut down because of his uh, his health. That's all I knew about that. Um not to be con- confused, as you just said, with George the Animal Steel, here's the tweet that Sean's referring to from Mr. Enzo Amore. Put that up there, Melissa. Look at this from Enzo Amore. Rest in peace, King Kong Bundy, the epitome of pro wrestling. I recall going to shows at MSG with my grandparents. Loved him, hyped him up the whole ride in. Plenty of wrestlers, risked it all. I'll never forget the guy with the green tongue who ate the term. What a fucking plug. Enzo Amore, the former WWE wrestler, is. And you know what that made me think of, Sean? It made me think of Simon Gotch. So if, if people didn't see it, Simon Gosh did this this shoot interview because he despised Enzo. If they didn't Enzo. see it, it is in the recommended videos of literally anything. All right, you could on. look up stuff on the the North Sentinelese tribe, and in the recommended videos will be Simon Gotch buries Enzo Amore. All right. Well, so long story short, he claimed that Enzo Amore knew nothing about pro wrestling, nothing, and that he was trying to use it as a springboard to a rap career, which essentially is what he's trying <laughs> to do. And so for him to confuse. King Kong Bundy and George Animal Steel, just because they were two bald white guys, completely different characters, completely different. So, good on him, good on him. There were, there were people in WWE that were very upset about that tweet. 
Oh, is that right? Very yeah. upset about that tweet. And um, there were a couple of people that I were told that, that I talked to that were, were kind of flat out told, just don't respond to it. Don't say anything. Right. Um, at first, I was like, maybe Enzo's trying to get attention. Then he straight up admitted that he was an idiot. And he was like, oh, no, I was watching George Steele versus King Kong Bundy, which no, he wasn't. But I'll give him some credit. Maybe his memory is just off. I remember my first visions of pro wrestling. As I mentioned on the Tuesday podcast, it was Ric Flair in a cage with somebody with face paint. I don't know if it was a road warrior or the great Muda. Maybe he got him confused. I could see maybe some similarities there to a, a young, young person, but. But don't you oh, think man. that he would have, don't you think that since then he would have run into say YouTube video? Uh, I mean, George. I don't think Dimmel's- he cares enough. I mean, maybe not. I mean, I, I've seen enough stuff on the network and on YouTube that I would have seen a Bundy match within the last couple of years. Man, he, while he was in the company, he confused Kalisto for Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Bundy. So Bundy, uh, back in the territorial days, which is when Bundy was in WWE, it was very different than it, than it is today, especially when you were a heel. Normally, you would go in for like a few-year run. They'd build you up. They'd feed you to Hogan. You'd have a program with Hogan. You'd lose, and then you'd kind of slide down the card, and that's what happened to Bundy. It's not like now where you'll have a guy like Kofi Kingston or Sheamus or Cesaro that had been there for 10-plus years. It was just a very different time. Considering how short his main run was, because his main run was from 85 to about 88, they brought him back in, I think, 94 for a year with the Million Dollar Corporation, but he primarily had like a three- or four-year run. He did so much over that time, Sean. Yeah. Like, he did a lot. Like, not only did he have the five count, which I think everybody will remember. Uh, WrestleMania 1, they had him do the fastest win over SD Jones, even though they called it nine seconds. It was really 30, if you watch the match. But yeah. still, they had him set the record at the time. WrestleMania 2, he headlined with Hogan. Uh, and everybody that remembers that time period will remember the build when he attacked him on Saturday night's main event and the magnificent Morocco yeah. held Hogan's arms behind the turnbuckle, remember? Morocco held Hogan's arms and Bundy avalanched him like three or four times and it was, and Hogan sold it like a pro with a shaken leg and stuff. That was good. Then WrestleMania 3, he had the mixed match with, they called the midgets at the time, the little people. Yeah. Body slammed he, Little Beaver, dropped an elbow on him. Like he did he a had, lot. Like you're not you're not gonna have anybody accusing him of having amazing matches or anything, but that no. WrestleMania run from WrestleMania one to three from the, the SD Jones squash, yeah, uh, is kind of it's 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 a memorable run rather. Now uh, I'll reiterate some things that that I mentioned on the podcast before 1999. He and Yokozuna, the only two WrestleMania headliners under 30 years old. Yes, that he was very amazing. young. He was very young, and and a lot of people don't realize how young he was. Deceptively young. He, he was. was 28 when he headlined WrestleMania. And he looked uh, forward that, to Yeah, that, that, doesn't, that just doesn't happen a lot. And uh, you had him in come back in the mid-'90s. He was a part of that Sports Center commercial that I tweeted out, and they gave him all the lines in a commercial that had The Undertaker, right. Kevin Nash, and Shawn Michaels. Right. That says something. There was a funny video that I thought, or not funny, but in 94, he had an enhancement match where he beat Jeff Hardy. We're talking about a guy who won the second match on WrestleMania ever, facing a guy who's about to be on WrestleMania 35. Yep. That's that's kind of, uh, kind of cool. Uh, my wife came up to me last year and said, what is the colossal jostle? And I said, how the hell do you know that? Uh, how'd that and even she, come up? 
she had watched uh, this show on Netflix called Grace and Frankie where they referenced the Colossal Jostle, which King Kong Bundy was a part of. Okay. So he was reintroduced into the lexicon that way. There were always the rumors that King Kong Bundy was the inspiration for the Married with Children family name, although that's been it disputed. It was yeah. Ted Bundy. Yeah, and uh, he what he did appear on it though, which kind of fueled that speculation. Right, and uh, I, I yeah, there, that's been something that's been per- or perpetuated for quite a while that should probably get cleared up. But did you know that he was involved in the first wrestling trade that I can remember in in the WWF? Really? So King Kong Bundy was traded from Jimmy Hart to Bobby the Brain Heenan. And what do you think Bobby the Brain Heenan gave Jimmy Hart in return for King Kong? Demetrius Bundy? Mighty Mouse Johnson. <laughs> oh, you're, you're good, good referencing. He actually, no, Bobby Heenan actually traded to Jimmy Hart the adorable Adrian Adonis and the missing oh. link. And the missing link. Nice. That's and a it's solid trade. It is because when you look at, back at it, Adonis and Jimmy Hart were gold. They were yes. gold. Like, like Dewey Robinson was out of the company quick. But Adonis and Jimmy Hart were fantastic together, so it worked out for everybody. Because Bundy with the Heenan family, he was like a like a foundation of that that group. Managers yeah. helped him too, and that's something they could run back some managers and then a trade within the managers. Right, I think that would be good. Uh, King Kong Bundy, as I mentioned, some of my favorite shots, some pictures from pro wrestling. Him and Hogan in that cage, the way it was lit, the contrasting colors, how vivid Hogan was, and how just stripped down Bundy was like no eyebrows no hair right. no colors and very white look. he was very, very white. white yeah he was and Hogan was the big tanned up guy it was a it was just a good matchup and uh, and like you said Bundy was not even though he wasn't a great worker he could sell like in the facial expressions and he was decent like when you look at the big guys from that era like uh, Uncle Elmer was trash in the ring yeah. He, uh, Bundy was decent. He wasn't bad. I also remember him from Moving. He was in Moving with uh, Richard Pryor. He played one of the moving men in that. Yeah. So he did um, quite a bit. And, and he, he semi-retired in 88 because he was getting these TV opportunities and these movie opportunities outside pro wrestling. Much like Big John Studd. Big John Studd retired young because he had opportunities. I think with him was real estate. And then Studd came back and Bundy came back later. But... Uh, he did from my childhood. Bundy was one of the one of the guys. He's one of the guys I always remember. The Avalanche, right? Oh yeah, that was so. that was a good era, and you don't see a lot of guys that are shaped like Bundy these days. And his LJN action figure, that thing could kill somebody, Sean. <laughs> the, the thing weighed; it felt like it weighed fifteen pounds. Like it, it could really hurt you if you hit somebody with that thing. So we should probably—I don't know where it is on your list—but we should probably talk about the breaking news that has kind of emerged with Tommaso Ciampa because that WWE is on my list. A, WWE's issued a statement. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, so Dave Meltzer revealed on last night's uh, Wrestling Observer Radio that Tommaso Ciampa was going to undergo neck surgery. He had been battling an injury for a while. WWE was fearful after that SmackDown match, and he had assured them that they were all right, he was all right. But he worked through the NXT tapings. Uh, WWE has confirmed that he will undergo um, anterior cervical fusion, Ooh. which is where they go in through the, th- the throat, um, they uh, remove a disc that is either herniated or degenerative, and they uh, insert a graft and then fuse together the bones above and below the disc. That is never good news. He's going to be on borrowed time. That's what that's, that's what Copeland said that, Steve Austin said that. Because didn't they have the similar surgery where they went through the front? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and, and Copeland himself said, 
you know, I, I got back into it. Then I started having, you know, tingling and loss of strength. And, and he said the doctors told him that I was on borrowed time after the surgery. And Austin was gone within a couple of years. Not that we want to, we're not doctors, so I don't want to speculate. But obviously, like you I said, it's, it. not, it's not good news. I hate it, man. He's battled injuries. The first time I ever spoke to him was a disagreement that we had about me reporting an injury when he was trying to get signed by WWE. He wasn't happy that that news was out there because it affected him. And that conversation did change the way that I would report injury stuff moving forward because, you know, that affects a man's livelihood. This also affects a man's livelihood. He had just got called up to the main roster. He was about to main event in an NXT title match, WrestleMania weekend. That is a bummer. And this is one of the guys I, I I think he's he's a fantastic character. NXT is fortunate about the about the timing if 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 it were to happen because they've got tapings next week. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to figure something out real quick. But there were people of influence within NXT that didn't know. Right. That's too bad. I mean, all we can do is wish him the best. You know, and it'll, it'll be time for somebody in NXT to step step up. Maybe like a Matt Riddle. Maybe it's his time to step up. So, yeah, I also uh, want they, to. They, uh, they have options in NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they do, they do. I want to give a yeah. shout out to Harley Race because uh, it came out this week that Harley Race has been diagnosed with lung cancer. Uh, fortunately, it's not terminal. However, he's going to be 76 next month, and so it's going to be a hell of a battle because of his age. So, yes. best of luck to him. He's he's another one of these guys that lived one hell of a life back when they didn't really understand the uh, the long term effects of the things they were doing. And uh, best of luck to him, man. Seventy six is pretty solid. He's, you know, he's still. I think he's still running a school, isn't he, in Kansas? Uh, well, his son runs it. His son runs oh, it. Okay, uh, okay. But Harley Race is a guy who was just before my time. So growing up, I didn't get to enjoy a lot of his stuff. Uh, you may remember the Rumble retro features I did, where I went back and rewatched all the Royal Rumbles and and uh, the matches, and I would like hashtag retro rumble and then post them on fightful. Then we've been doing retro reviews. So I've got to see a lot more of Harley race, even in WWF mm. than I, I had growing up even towards his later days. Damn. Was he good? You know, my earliest live memory, although it was more like live to, to the big screen of Harley race was when he wrestled the junkyard dog at WrestleMania three and young retro me, review this month on fightfulselect.com subscribe now there you go but no but young me not knowing wrestling then obviously the way i do now i thought it was such bullshit that he beat the junkyard dog with a belly-to-belly suplex oh, i remember hey. i remember watching it going that's bullshit that he beat the junkyard dog with a belly-to-belly suplex well you know what I am inclined to disagree because there was a man by the name of Magnum T.A. <laughs> who it's, used the belly-to-belly suplex. It's like we planned it. <laughs> I was honored to speak to this man. Uh, take a listen to part of our interview. There have been a lot of iterations of the NWA in particular, and, and they've attached themselves to a lot of major promotions over the last several decades. I, I kind of mentioned you never know every 10 years or so what company they'll attach themselves to. This iteration seems to have real plans, real vision. How does it differ from others, at least at least as far as you're concerned? Because I'm sure you get that call every so often. I do. And, you know, when I first, when I first heard what Billy was doing, you know, I, I'll be honest, I was very, I was skeptical as to what, you know, what they would be able to do to you know breathe a, a modern twist in a new era to the NWA, but you know with with the 
social media machine that's out there and all the things and the way they approach it, they've made a modern twist to, you know, the revival of the, you know, memory of what the NWA, uh, you know, meant. So I, I like what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I'd love obviously for them to, to be able to, uh, you know, have more events, but, but they're certainly have taken, you know, the 10 pounds of gold, the, the, the heritage of the, you know, the National Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight Championship and, and taking that around the world kind of to showcase, uh, you know, a, a champion representing that. And, you know, without having the old territory days and, you know, all the different places for the champion to go, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to replicate exactly what we had. But, but you know, in, in fairness, in 2019, yeah, nothing's the same. It's a it's a different world. It's a different uh, venue that uh, you can reach the fans with. So, you know, I, I'm just glad that they have the name out there. And they're they're doing what they they they're doing to uh, uh, you know pay homage, pay respect. I don't think they're they're trying to be uh, you know like competition to uh, the WWE per se or or the upcoming. Uh, AEW group, but they're they're certainly doing something to preserve the her the heritage and the respect that uh, that title uh, garnered for you know for so many years. We mentioned the uh, belly to belly suplex. I can I'll put it out there now. I don't know when I'll air it, but I did a making a finisher with him on that and. Like, it, that was awesome, listening to him break down the ins and the outs of how, why, and, like, his move. That is something that always fascinates me. Keep an eye out for that series, guys. I've got that one and Enhancement Stories, which is taking a look at people who, quite frankly, worked job matches and their experiences leading up to it, during it, after it. Got a lot of those, and they always go up, sometimes months early, on Fightful <clears throat> Select. Cool. All right, let's talk about Roman Reigns. And the first thing I want to say about Roman Reigns is, what is it, Sean, with certain wrestling fans that believe that everything on TV is a work? What it's, is it with those people? Everything is a work. Everything is a work. I've seen all of these messages on social media from people that are adamant the Roman Reigns thing is a work, didn't really have cancer, they wanted to get him over as a baby face, they found a way to do it. I cannot believe these people exist that think that everything is working, that this is work. I think it's hilarious that they believe that the WWE would rather fake cancer than turn him heel for a few months to get him over as a baby right. face. Right, isn't it silly? <laughs> it's so silly, these people. But anyway, uh, WWE, did, they did a Chronicle special on the network about Roman. He revealed that he had CML leukemia which stands for chronic myeloid leukemia. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit of research on it. Uh, fortunately, due to stringent uh, testing, they found it really early. He was treated with an oral uh, chemotherapy, so just a pill. And uh, from the research I did, a lot of people have it um, indefinitely. They can keep it treated and under control with drug use. With, mm -hmm. with. And so it sounds like he'll probably be all right. Um, so that's that. Dana Warrior. What do you think, man? Look she's at, been writing look at his face. Her first, it's her first memory, Jimmy. I'm not sure how that works. Yep. I'm not sure how it works, but that's that's <laughs> hey. They they need to diversify as much as they can on yep. that writing staff. Yep. Because so, outside of Runjan Singh and Dave Schilling, 
and a couple of women, it it's. I mean, if if Raw told us anything this week, uh, kind of like what I've been saying, it starts at the top, and and they can bring in Bruce Pritchard, and they can bring in a bunch of producers, and they can bring in the guy from Vice.com, and they can sign new talent. But until Vince kind of changes his mindset, they're not. Gonna, it's just not going to change. And uh, and we saw it again on Raw. It's still kind of a hit or miss, kind of lazy, sloppy, boring show. Oftentimes, because you still have a 73 year old guy, you know, steering the ship. But in terms of Dana Warrior. Uh, so Pro Wrestling Sheet broke the news that she's a consultant now on the creative team. There's a full-time opportunity available. Dave Meltzer, I think, said that Dana Warrior allegedly just went to Vince, said, I need a job. Uh, and Vince allegedly said, what do you have in mind? And she said, ah, I'd like to be part of the creative team. So he gave her a consultancy. I don't know, man. Based, based on Melissa's production skills, I assume that's how she got this job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, advertising. Like, I think my producing skills are pretty uh, darn great, considering like, that. What's the worst that could happen? Let's find out. Um, I think. I yeah. think you guys. I think you guys are setting the stage for the rematch right now. That's what you're doing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't no. know. I. I don't know. I mean, I'm planning it's a duo tr- diss track with my posse from Twitter. So. Uh, so. Oh uh, yeah. Getting Demon Diva in on the action. Good, good job. She's going to anyway. SummerSlam, so I, I might join you guys. So the, the so, Kaz, who used to write for WWE, because one of the one of the things that came out when this came out was, oh, it's good that they're thinking outside the box. They're adding a female to the creative team because they focus on women now. And Kaz, the former writer, he posted, I think, on Twitter, and he said, actually, they've got two female writers on staff already. Yes. So it's yeah. it's not like they hadn't covered that, but at the same time, kind of like Brandy Rhodes as the chief brand officer of AEW who was not qualified for that job, I'm going to reserve judgment. Same thing with Dana Warrior. She's not necessarily qualified to be a, a WWE writer, but I'll reserve judgment until you kind of see what she does because is she going to be any worse than what they've already done, Sean? Well, to me, when I look at people who are in tune and, and have a different perspective, I can't – from that, if, if you're doing that, then why would you let Kaz go? There is literally – I don't know if there's anybody I can think of that has right. a better handle on culture and pop culture today in general than him. Yeah. Like they, that fell into their lap. Like they, that, that was a gift from above getting him. Like he is in touch about as much as you can be. And they're like, well, it's not working out. Oh, but Dana warrior needs a job. So, okay. Doesn't. I don't yeah. It's that. weird, man. And, and, and I mean, when she was married to warrior, he was long retired. So it's not like she has any experience with wrestling at all. But yeah. uh, whatever. I guess we'll see what happens. Let's talk about uh, our, our buddies over at Impact Wrestling because I smell shenanigans, Sean. I smell shenanigans, all right? So I yeah. want to get on about this. So first and foremost, they pulled an Impact last week. Uh, that's going to be the new term. They pulled an Impact. <laughs> and you said yourself off the air you were on a conference call because they announced that they, like, re-signed a former champion and they're doing the call and blah, 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 and it was Rosemary. And the funny thing is... Not only was Rosemary their big surprise, but she had already returned to TV in January at the homecoming show. She'd returned to TV like two or three different times. Right. And the only like, thing is she had been she had been sidelined with an ACL injury. I thought they were going to announce that Madison Rain was coming back, which is still... Uh, but we broke it on Fightful Select. I would have liked to have said, as reported on Fightful Select, they made me wait a whole day. So here's what emerged. S.E. Scoops then reported... 
<laughs> that in October, most of these were signed, which makes a lot more sense because that's yep. after their biggest show of the year. That's yep. how most companies do it. WWE for Mania, New Japan for uh, the Tokyo Dome show, yep. Impact for this. What a couple of people told me in Impact was that the conversation among them was they wanted to try to bury the Jeff Jarrett Lawsuit. anthem global report thing that way. When people search Impact Wrestling, the first thing that comes up isn't, hey, they deleted. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. These master tapes, and wisely so. They, they probably should. They fed some of these to Wrestling Inc. and Sporting News, which is to be expected, but I, I'm asking Impact Wrestling. I'm like, okay, Moose said that he signed a three-year deal in July 2017. That would, ex- that would put him at July 2020. Right. He signed a new deal. And they right. said, terms not disclosed multiple years. And I'm like, so what? He signed through February, March of 2021 now? Or yeah. was this the October thing? And they his deals just extended a couple of months because it's multi-year in 2018 through 2020. What the hell is going on? So I have another theory. So, so the Jared thing makes sense. But the theory that I have in addition to that is they didn't want to get lost in the talent war shuffle. Because right before they started announcing, you know, Fall Boz signed, Sammy Callahan signed, all of that stuff, AEW was announcing this signing, this signing. Ring of Honor was announcing this signing, this signing. WWE doesn't really announce their signings, but it would come out. WWE has signed this guy, this guy. And it was right around that time that Impact, oh, we signed Sammy Callahan, we signed Eddie Edwards, we signed whoever. So I felt like part of it was they didn't want to get lost in the talent war shuffle. So when you find out, oh, by the way, they signed them in October, and by the way, Moose signed actually like two years ago, does it really surprise anybody, man? Because they pulled an impact. Really? Yeah, that's just standard. It's just what happens now. It's so silly. It's so silly. I want to say one thing. A guy in the chat, Wrestling Greatest, he said, Jimmy Van Brandy has been doing great so far. I didn't say she hasn't been doing good. All I said is when they announced she was the chief brand officer, I said, I don't think she's qualified. Just because you have a master's degree does not qualify you for that executive position. But I'm going to hold out until she does the job. That's all I said. So, And she hasn't done enough yet. She hasn't done enough yet to, to kind of judge her one way or the other. I think she's so. doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm not saying she isn't. I'm not saying she isn't. I just didn't think she was qualified for the job. That's it. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about WWE's global expansion. Because... Okay. This year, 2019, the big story is going to be India. That's going to be the big story this year. Uh, so WWE, I think this year they're going to really push for India, just like they did with the UK. And did we just no, lose Sean? Melissa, what'd you do? I have not touched anything. This happened earlier. Today. Sean, can you at least hear me? I have to re-add him. Hold on. All right. Maybe I'll just I'll just talk, and then Sean can jump in once he comes back. Kentucky it's internet. The, it's the U in Kentucky internet. It is. And after you guys had your first match and you were chirping him about Kentucky Internet, and here we are now, months later, and he's still got this problem? <laughs> Fucking Kentucky Internet. So uh, WWE's TV deal with 10 Sports is going to be up this year. Uh, obviously, WWE wants to try to boost the market and get a better deal on the, on the next contract. 
Uh, the current deal is worth upwards of $150 million over five years. It was signed in 2014. Uh, the deal included provisions for localized content and live events in the region. And obviously, if 10 Sports is going to be paying upwards of double on the next contract, they're going to want more local content, and they're going to want more live events in the region. So uh, WWE.com announced the series called WWE Now India. I'm hearing all kinds of nonsense, Melissa. That's the pop-up that he's added. This is what happens when you do a live show, folks. <laughs> this is what happens. Anyway... Uh, WWE.com is going to do a show called Now WWE Now India. The host is a lady named Galen Mendonca, who was a, a former model on MTV India VJ. It's going to feature news and updates from the India wrestling scene uh, related to WWE. On top of all of that, they're doing trials this week in Mumbai. They've got the New Day and Matt Bloom there. Back in January, Triple H was doing media related to the uh, Performance Center opening in the UK, and he said, quote, I can say with certainty that there will be a Performance Center in India. Uh, and as Sean has mentioned in the past, they hired new producers like Jeff Jarrett and Joe Parks and Sanjay Dutt that had experience with Ring Ka King uh, when they were working for Impact Wrestling. So all this stuff kind of makes sense that they're going to try to focus and try to better monetize the Indian market. They even tried Jinder Mahal as a WWE champion. That went absolutely nowhere, but they gave it a shot. And so uh, we'll see what happens. But this is going to be the big year that they're going to try to get the big deal out of India and try to monetize that market properly. Sean. Is Sean still dead? He's fallen off the face of the earth. He's not even answering me on Skype now. So I think his Kentucky internet may have uh, fully gotten rid of him. All right. I guess I'm going to have to just keep talking to you for a little bit before we just do... Should we just do people news now? <laughs> and then maybe in the meantime, you can try to get to Sean? Sure. Okay, let's hit super people news now. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We've got him. Hold on. We have him back. <laughs> Yep, he just needs to be put in now, which is... I blame Ewing, Kentucky. I blame Ewing, Kentucky for all my issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure it would. Sure it would. Yeah. Maybe if you didn't, you know... Do you, like, need Wi-Fi for everything? Do you have an actual Ethernet connection plugged into your computer? Maybe this is why I can't afford a new down payment. Do you, do you see these beauties, Jimmy? Uh-huh. See these beauties? Look at yeah. these. Got uh-huh. these in the mail today. That's I ordered good. some OG shacks, Jimmy. Look is at this that. Is this a t-shirt you're trying to get us to design? Yeah, goddamn you? right. Look at the pump. Look I'm at that. Not doing oh, that. wait. That's not it. That's not it. Let me put over my accolades. I got this pair, too. Aren't they magnificent? Look at that. You should sell those and get a solid in- internet connection with the yeah, money you get. Yeah, you should get like an actual wired connection I with the have, rest of the universe. Yeah, we're going to run my wire all the way upstairs from my formal living room. I'm sure that'll work. Are you telling me that you rely on Wi-Fi when you do podcasts every day? Yeah, I Are mean... Are you out of your fucking mind that you're relying on Wi-Fi when you do podcasts every day? You've been blaming me for all these issues for a year, and you use Wi-Fi for your... Oh, podcast. yeah, it's it's my fault. It's my fault. How can oh, you not get a wired connection? How can you not get a wired connection? I can, but, I mean, we're talking about a wire hanging from the... Se- like, it's not practical here. Why not? I'm rocking over 100 Mbps right now. Clearly you're not, because you just got Clearly off the I air. am. I'll take a screenshot and post it on Twitter. I, I did you hear anything I just said? Probably not. So uh, I'm not yeah, gonna Yeah, I heard it. Myself. All the India shit. All the India shit. You talking stuff. all that shit about you in Kentucky. <laughs> 
which is true. Setting up the big rematch. And you know, from this shot right now, it almost looks like the belt is like in front of Melissa. It almost looks like it, like the belt is in front of Melissa. I'm sorry. Damn, look and at maybe, that. And maybe that's where it's going to be. 113 megabits per second. Look, look at that. Look at that bad boy. I'm going to post that on Twitter. Yeah, well, it really helped keep you off the air during the show. So it could yeah, it would. strong internet. It would. So, I mean, you're, you're telling me to get a, a hardwired ethernet connection. You know, like a regular professional podcast person would. Is, is that going to help out? Because <laughs> you notice we don't have these issues when one Nigel is producing. Nigel has his fair share of issues, and they oh. all seem to be centered around your connectivity. Also, I gotta sit all crooked because you got my camera messed up. Oh, I'm sorry I had to do it on the fly like that. Your life is really hard. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> as if you did something to screw this up, Melissa. So, good news. I get to kick his ass again? Well, we will do a rematch, probably. We will do a rematch. No, the good news is we have a brand new descriptive Stupid People intro, and we're going to hit that right now. Hmm. Go ahead, Melissa. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. I never have to explain again why we do stupid people news. But you still have to thank Trevor Strong. Boy. Uh, do I have to? I paid him for that. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's that's, yeah. where I, that's where I was on this. I yeah, I paid him for that, so I don't know if I need to do that. Maybe every now and then, as a courtesy, I will thank him. But do I have an obligation anymore? No, I don't think I do. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to start with an update this week. You know, last week I was talking about the nail salon called Hand Jobs. And the girl was going to potentially lose her zoning because the, the, the government didn't like it. It was called hand jobs. Yes. Now, I, I should make clear the reason that I had that in Stupid People News wasn't because of the business owner. It was because of city officials threatening to pull her commercial zoning because of the name of her salon. I thought it was funny that she called it hand jobs. Uh, and along those same lines, listener Khalil Kirins at Lord Khalil on Twitter sent me this. He said, Jimmy Van, his hand job is much worse than this. I ride past this every day on my way to work. Unless I put up that photo. It's called Blow Me Hairdressing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in, uh, it's in the UK. Awesome. I love it. That's how you get attention. That's, people remember that stuff, Sean. It's good. I like it. Are you, like paying it too. are you paying attention or are you still looking at the speed at your Wi-Fi? I'm paying attention. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to fix things, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, this first one. Oh, Sean, you're going to like these, man. I know <laughs> I say this every week, but given your background and stuff that we discuss, you're going to like this. It was reported okay. by the Associated Press on March 2nd. Did you know that there is another WBF? No, I didn't. It's called the World Bridge Federation. It is a professional bridge organization. And yeah. recently, they suspended the world's number one bridge player. <laughs> it's a Norwegian guy named Gare Helgemo. We have a picture of Gare. Put up the picture of Gare. Now, does that look like a bridge player, Sean? <laughs> Hell yeah, it does. Look at that guy. So he is the world's number one bridge player. The WBF, the World Bridge Federation, suspended him. Why do you think they did that? PDs. 
Yes. God damn, I'm good. He failed a drug test Actually, for PEDs. Hopefully on that clomiphene. So apparently, this is so outlandish. So apparently, this WBF, the World Bridge Federation, is recognized by the International Olympic Committee. And so they abide by the World Anti-Doping Agency rules. And Mr. Helgemo was tested at a World Bridge Series event last September in Orlando, Florida. He tested positive for synthetic testosterone and clomiphene, which is the female fertility drug. So he was suspended for about a year from the date of the drug test. He was stripped of all titles, medals, and points earned during the 2018 World Bridge Series. He's, uh, he can go back in. He'd play again, I think, in November of this year. There was a statement released by the WBF, and here's a quote from it. It is his responsibility not to take substances that are on the doping list, even though in this instance, they are not performance-enhancing in bridge. <laughs> and that was the how, real quote. How do they know? How do they know? That's, that's what happened. This is what happened. This is real. I'm not making this up. This, this really happened. So, isn't that unbelievable? No, because I'm pretty sure that Melissa has been using CBD to enhance her performance based on that Aralucha survey. I it think wasn't even CBD oil is not a, a performance-enhancing drug. How do you know? I, I know that product. How we, do you? We, it's, it's more for, you know, it does other things. It's not a performance-enhancing drug. How do you know? CBD oil is legal here, Sean. Yeah. This is, you're not getting some scoops right now. Well, if USADA shows up and tests somebody the night before a fight, well, if they have it on their anti-doping list, fine, but it's not a performance-enhancing drug. I think it could be. Remember when, uh, what's his name, Nick Diaz had that fight? I forget yeah, who he was he fighting. Yeah, they smoked the pen right after. And they, well, they claimed he was high during the fight, and they claimed that it allowed him to take more punishment because he couldn't feel it. Do you remember that? Yeah. That would so, be very inefficient. Uh, well, that's what, that's what they said. So, Anyway, let's move on. This next one, I want to hear Melissa's thought on this next one. I'm glad you're producing this week, Melissa. Sean, because Sean is like at touch with his feminine side, he's going to be pissed too. <laughs> but I want to hear what Melissa has to say. It was reported by The Guardian on March 5th. A woman contacted TripAdvisor. We've all used TripAdvisor, right? So a woman contacted TripAdvisor to say that she had been raped by a tour guide whose business was being promoted on TripAdvisor. She said she contacted the hotel where he worked to tell them she reported him to the police, but she also contacted TripAdvisor because she thought that they should be aware of it. What do you think TripAdvisor said to this woman? What do you think their answer was? Melissa, go ahead. Ooh, I got no way Okay, Sean, what do you think TripAdvisor told the woman when she told them that? Ugh. I don't want to. I'm not even touching that one with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. They said, leave a bad review. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, I have more you information. Can't do that, man. <laughs> so that, the company, one, that one is on the banned list. The company said that they don't remove a business from their site if a staff member is accused of sexual misconduct, and they don't even temporarily remove the business from their site while they conduct an internal review. And then they went further, Sean. They shared with the woman five links uh, to reviews for other businesses that people had left detailing sexual assault and rape uh, allegedly committed by staff at different hotels. And they sent her those links as examples of how she might want to write her own review. That unbelievable? 
This is real life that this shit goes on. And to make it even worse, and here's the obvious problem, and this was the issue that this woman had, and this is the issue that The Guardian had when they reported this, depending on the business, there could be thousands of reviews, meaning that you would have to scan thousands of reviews in order to find this negative one, and all they do is go by star ratings, meaning that if she gave it like a one star, but there's a bunch of other five stars, it's going to get lost in the shuffle anyway. Isn't this absolutely ridiculous? That's messed up. That's what happened. God, yeah. man. This is why I do this segment on a pro this wrestling is, podcast. Like, I, I wish I it was something like I could react funny to. But right. I, like some of these leave me speechless and I'm like, uh. And it's one thing for TripAdvisor to say leave a bad review. It's another thing to back it up by saying, hey, here's links to reviews if you want to just emulate these when you do yours. Why do they have so many examples on hand? Yeah. I, so the Guardian, the Guardian on their own found 40 more examples of reviews written about sexual misconduct or rape by people that worked at the, at the business. Enough Isn't for them to develop a template. If you ran that through one of those bot machines, it could write you a full <laughs> rapey review. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This last one for the SRS file, this was actually sent in by several viewers, Sean. Okay. Not just one, it was sent in by several, and it was reported by Fox 5 New York on March 1st. Let me ask you a question, because this is more of an American problem than a Canadian problem, I think. What is it with people that feel the need to walk around with a loaded gun? Like, answer that for me. Tiny dick. Is that why? Because tiny dick syndrome? They feel the need to walk around? Based on the volume of trucks in my neighborhood... I think that I think that that and making it known that you're carrying around a gun. Maybe not just carrying a gun, but if you're like flashing it around everywhere, tiny dick. I got it. That's why they do it, you think? Yes. Okay. So a 46-year-old man out of Marion, Indiana named Mark Anthony Jones. One morning, Sean, Marion, Indiana. Let's go for a nice stroll. Let's go for a nice walk. He's going for his nice walk. He's got a 9mm handgun in his waistband. All right, loaded. As he's going for his nice walk, he feels the thing start to slip, you know, out of the waistband. He quickly reaches down for it, before, you know, before the thing falls. Of course, what happened? It went off. We have a media release. This was posted by the Marion Police Department on their Facebook page. Put up the media release. So he felt the gun slipping, reached for it, it went off. The bullet entered above his penis, exited through his scrotum. And as you can see, the bottom sentence... Uh, and this is a big shocker. He didn't have a handgun license for the state of Indiana. So I haven't heard about his condition. I haven't heard about what charges there might be. But the whole thing, you deserved it, bud. You deserved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need we need to isolate the, I'm not a Kid Rock fan, but the you get what you put in and people get what they deserve clip. Yes. Sometimes. You, you've said that before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should do that. I want to talk to you about AEW. Okay. So they announced that their uh, their Jacksonville show is going to be July 13. It's going to be at the Daly's Place Amphitheater, which is connected to the uh, the field where the Jaguars play. Yeah. Capacity is about 5,500 people. It's going to be called Fight for the Fallen, uh, and a portion of the proceeds will go to uh, victims uh, benefiting victims of gun violence, which is kind of ironic considering what we just mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, you showed me something on Twitter, and I want to kind of bring it up. So this was posted on Twitter by Jacob Cohen. Who is Jacob Cohen? Is he anybody of note? He did some freelance work for us, so yeah, I would say so. Okay. <laughs> I, I deal with a lot of people on a daily basis. So my, 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 apologies, my apologies. 
Anyway, this is posted on Twitter by Jacob Cohen on March 4th. Put it up. So he said, okay, guys, keep an eye on the secondary market. People freaked out early, but the market is trending downward for double or nothing. There are almost 2,000 tickets just on StubHub right now. You can get in for $80 before fees. That is way down from 121 a few weeks ago. Now, I don't have my finger on the pulse as much as you do, Sean, but I don't sense that there is any less excitement about AEW now than there was. The only difference is that things have died down a little bit because they did the rally, they announced the signings, they announced the show, people are waiting for the TV deal announcement. I don't feel like there's any less buzz or any less interest. So what I suspect, and it's just my my hunch, you, anytime you would see people, well, not anytime, but anytime I've seen Cody respond to stuff like, oh, you all doing something WrestleMania weekend, they say, no, that's WWE's weekend. We're not. I suspect maybe they're like giving a little bit of a break here and there right. and they want to make news when WWE isn't making news. Okay. And I think that's a smart business strategy. That's just my speculation. Okay. It's hardly something I can confirm, but if it were me doing it, that's how I would do it. And based on what I've seen, maybe that's how they're doing it. Okay. Tori Wilson, what do you think? <laughs> people will get mad at me but no go ahead because I'll, I'll be very honest so go ahead i'm not a wrestling even, journalist i can say whatever the hell i want even by wdb's low standards i don't i don't see it i don't understand it i don't know what opportunities that she opened up for other people maybe there's some stuff that i don't know um it was a vince mcmahon call and i i, I, I like uh i saw on twitter this doesn't mean the hall of fame is over nobody else can get in but if they're trying to bridge a gap until they have some other qualified people, there, there are plenty of other options. I just don't think that if, – if I never saw anything that she was ever involved in in her entire career, I wouldn't miss out on a lot. No offense to her. I mean it's not a condemnation on her. Mm-hmm. Maybe a condemnation on how things were uh, distributed and disseminated back then. So here's my thoughts on it. I don't want to disrespect anybody. Like, I know that a lot of wrestlers... Uh-oh. No, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I know that a lot of wrestlers, the Hall of Fame is, is a big deal to them. And when they get inducted, like Sean Waltman and Billy Gunn, they, it's a big deal to them. Ric Flair loves it. Like, it's, it's a big deal to a lot of people. I've talked about this before, and with all due respect, the Hall of Fame is a marketing ploy. That is all it is. There isn't even a brick-and-mortar version of it. It is a marketing ploy. There should uh, be. And, sure, but Sure, but there isn't. Yeah, And if the time ever comes that Vincent Mann decides, you know what, uh, there's not as many tickets being sold to the to the Hall of Fame event, uh, the network views aren't where I thought they should be, he will eliminate it. Like, he will quietly eliminate it if he sees fit, because it's a marketing ploy. When they put Drew Carey in, and when they put Coco Beware in, with all due respect to Coco Beware, that is when, to me, it kind of became somewhat of a joke. And again, I mean, no disrespect to, to the guys that got in. So Tori Wilson going in, to me, doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. Because they already have Drew Carey and they already have Coco Beware. Uh, now, if I want to look at the positives about Tori Wilson, I mean, she had a seven-year run, which is pretty solid. She was there from 2001 until 2008. She was in WCW before that. She fits Vince McMahon's template of what a female wrestling star should look like. The beautiful blonde, she did Playboy. Uh, and I've talked before on this podcast about how this year Mandy Rose, I said this before she got the teleshot against Asuka, that this year was going to be a big year for Mandy Rose because she fits the Vince McMahon template of what he likes. That's just how it is. Trish Stratus, sure. Trish Stratus, Sable, Sonny, Mandy Rose, Tori Wilson, that's what Vince likes. 
And so she's getting in. She dated A-Rod. I can't believe that her video package didn't mention that somehow, that she dated A-Rod. But whatever, I don't know if they would, uh, they would want to include that. If Are they not dating anymore? That's probably why not. Maybe, but at least it gives them some kind of... Because when they did the video package on her, they touched upon the Out of the Ring stuff a lot. Yeah. Like Playboy, and here she is doing this signing or whatever the hell it was, and here she is doing this fitness model thing, and... Yeah. They focused on that. She never even won the Divas title, not once. I think that's the greatest mark of her career is how she was able to do stuff that tied in with WWE. Right. And was able to get some of that like mainstream cover girl exposure and stuff like that. But yeah. Hey, yeah. good for her. Good for yeah. her. And there are some people triggered about yeah. what I said about CBD. Oh, really? Let me, let me let people People are going off secret. about that? Guys, I know. I use it. It helps me sleep. Man. It is legal in Canada now, you know, so you can get it pretty readily. So how do you get it, Sean? I can get it. I get it. James James Lynch is in Mexico right now, right? Yeah, right, right. Oh, you don't want that version of it, Sean. (laughs) I want to go to Mexico and get whatever stem cells Ray Mysterio got in his knees. You're familiar with John Jones, what happened with the Mexican stuff he took. Well, so. you know what? I, I there I don't have them on the docket today as a sponsor, but Blue Chew won't won't have you popping for clomiphene. I don't think. Maybe they will. Let me ask you this question, and I know we're getting short on time, but I'll come more few things I want to talk about. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. So you know they've gone back and forth on this big Twitter war, and uh, Dave Meltzer a couple of times has said uh, WWE is aware of it. WWE approves everything. I have the opinion that they have not approved everything. And my opinion is that Ronda Rousey basically says whatever the hell she wants because, number one, she's going to be leaving uh, after Mania in terms of being a full-time performer. Number two, I don't think she really cares. And so, for example, when she said, you know, fake mugshot, you can't tell me WWE would be cool with that. When she said your arm bar's bullshit and doesn't work, you can't tell me WWE would be cool with that, right? I had and the if, knowledge that they weren't. <laughs> and, and apparently she launched a shirt in her store that, that takes a shot at the man, catchphrase, and she did it without permission from WWE. Keep in mind, this is a month after her legal team had the point at the fucking sign shirt pulled from our store. Right, right. And she's using WWE IP... I'm oh, sure she probably doesn't even connected with WWE. It's her own independent thing. Yes. There you go. There you go. Ronda Rousey. Oh, for Ronda Rousey. Ronda. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. No, but she doesn't care. She just she doesn't, doesn't care. care. And WWE did not approve those things. A lot of people had contacted me saying, "Oh, they've got to approve everything they tweet, right?" And I'm like, "No." That's I mean, they, this is how people get in trouble. Yeah, it's right? it, it wasn't approved. It wasn't liked based on the people that I talked to, right. and there was a little bit of walking back. But I thought WWE kind of tried to cover Rousey's tracks this week and really hurt themselves doing so with Colin Joe saying, oh, is this real? And Triple H saying, this isn't a character and all right. that. I didn't like that stuff. Quit telling me this is not real. Right. I know, dumbasses. Right. Stop trying to beat me over the head with it. Right, right. Because you want to suspend your disbelief when you watch the show. I mean, that's of course. the point. When I don't watch the show, I want to suspend it as much as I can. And I got to tell you, because, you know, we, we, you and I know and MMA fans know about Ronda Rousey from her UFC run. And we know that she's got a bit of a short fuse and she, she takes things personally. When yeah. I saw Becky Lynch put up that photo with Travis Brown's head on that arm, oh, God. I thought to myself, Ronda Rousey's going to punch you in the face. <laughs> she like she almost did. 
She hit her hard. You could tell that she she laid him in when they did that that little spot there. You could tell. Bruised well, bruised her up pretty good, I'm told. Yeah, so. You could tell. You could tell. Um, we're short on time, but a few more things. What did you think of Taker's latest interview with Ed, Ed Young, Pastor Ed Young? I haven't watched it all yet. Um, I don't. Uh, if he wants to increase his podcast value, maybe maybe it's a feeler type of thing. But I think that. All the conspiracy theorists out there that lost their shit when he was announced for StarCast, and all the people there saying, oh my God, he's going to go to AEW. Who and I, the hell said that? Oh, people on social media, because people, people equated one for the other, Sean. So a lot of people equated one, one as being the other. And I've been saying for, for weeks that I, and I still don't think StarCast is a big deal. I know Vince thinks it does. It is. Yeah. I still don't think it is. If you watch that interview, it's clear watching that interview that number one, Taker loves Vince McMahon. Number two, Taker yes. considers himself a WWE guy when you watch mm-hmm. that interview. And he's doing this to make money outside the ring because he's 54 years old. That's yeah. why he's doing it. And so if everybody's thinking, that's it, he's doing StarCast, he's going to be at double or nothing, no. If no. he can work a couple hours a week and make six figures, why wouldn't he? Right. Right. 25 grand an hour, 60 grand for a day. That's his rate right now. Who knows how much he's going to make off a podcast? Because like we've mentioned, his podcast, arguably the most valuable in sports entertainment history. Right. He's got a lot to say, for sure, if he feels like it. And and, and that interview with Ed Young, again, uh, he opens up about a lot of stuff. He thought he was going to be coming out of the egg at the Survivor Series. That was so fun. Yeah. I love it. So uh, That's how Melissa should make her entrance during our rematch. Coming out of an egg, I actually was curious when I heard that sentence come out of Jimmy's mouth. Oh, it's it's like a literal egg. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's worse than you can imagine. It's really bad. This is a industry. They built. Let's not tell her what it is and have her watch it. Okay. Because they had built this up as a big surprise, so eventually you got to watch this. (laughs) Yep, they had Mean Gene Oakland doing a hoedown with a turkey. Oh, come on! Don't. No, that's going to make it more interesting. She wants to check it out. I have more questions now. Yeah, see, (laughs) see. She wants to Fightful check it Select. Out. That's where you can get premium content, extra podcasts. Just post a Fightful Report podcast, NXT 205 Live uh, UK review tonight. We have the Weekender this weekend. I'm posting news there all the time, early access all the time. Uh, we're going to add a lot of cool stuff over there, guys. Next week, no show. Where are you going, Jimmy? Yeah. I am going to Florida to get my kids to the in-laws. Uh, and then I'm coming back to Toronto, but I'm getting work done on my house because the kids won't be around, so it's the perfect time to do it. Okay. So I will be out of the office next week uh, getting work done on my house. I will, uh, next week at this time, run a Q&A show. It'll be a free preview of the Fightful Select service. It will not be an episode of Listen, You Boy. So I will be here uh, answering questions, and uh, if you all want that all the time, subscribe to Fightful Select. You can uh, or answer, you can ask, rather, hot damn, Unlimited questions over there. Awesome. And uh, Stupid People Extended. Fightful Select. We're going to do that next. Yeah, we are. Bye. (laughs) Sean, can you tell the audience that YouTube is terrible and what they need to do? Oh, yeah, Sean. Guys, you all should hit the bell notification if you want to know when this show actually happens since uh, YouTube doesn't want to tell anybody. Thanks, guys. Fightful. (laughs) Subscribe. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.